Right now, it's that time in Phoenix that we all dread. The time when you click on the local news and the weather person says it's going to be over 100 degrees again. It's only been happening for a few weeks, but at this point, it feels like it's been over 100 degrees forever. Welcome, listeners. We're officially in the dog days of summer. And according to the Farmer's Almanac, the quote dog days of summer actually run from July 3rd to August 11th. So we're literally in the middle of it. While it feels slightly unbearable outside and you might be wondering why you even moved to Phoenix in the first place, this is also the perfect time to pack the car, hit the road, get out of town and reconnect with nature because not all of Arizona feels this hot all summer. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com about Metro Phoenix and beyond. I'm producer Amanda Luberto, and today I'm joined by a fellow reporter from the Republic to share where to go on a little summer getaway to escape the heat. Hi, my name is Shanti Lerner. I'm the culture and outdoors reporter for the Arizona Republic. I uh, cover culture and outdoors, and that can be anything from national parks to cultural stories to historical stories about specifically Latin and Native communities and how they can access the outdoors. From the outside, it might seem like Shanti's job might be to hike and to talk about it. And in some ways, that is a part of her job. But most importantly, she informs all people on the best, safest, and most brilliant ways to access Arizona's beauty. We sit across from each other in the newsroom and actually had the same first day at the Arizona Republic. In the year and a half that she's lived in Arizona, I feel like she's seen way more of the state than I have. When we think about getting out of the heat in the valley, most people go up north. Flagstaff sits nearly 6,000 feet in elevation above Phoenix and thus is reliably much, much cooler. And up north is where you'll find what Shanty called the holy grail of hikes in the state. Obviously the highest point in Arizona, which is Humphreys Peak, it tops out at about 12,000 feet. It's one of the three peaks of the San Francisco mountain. It's an eroded stratovolcano north of Flagstaff. It's super steep and rugged. This hike is not for everyone, but, you know, if you've been hiking and you're prepping, I think it's a really great challenge, especially something to brag about, the highest peak in Arizona. You know, Flagstaff sits at about an elevation about 7,000 feet, and this hike itself is already at 9,000, over 9,000 feet. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty hefty. It's something you have to prepare yourself for, though. She thinks on personal experience when sharing this suggestion. I did it about around August, and uh, I actually, you know, to get myself acclimated, I actually camped overnight just on some forest land to get myself acclimated with the elevation. I definitely think it was worth it. But yeah, when you start out the hike, um, you know, every step is a little bit less oxygen. The hike itself essentially has two parts, and these can be for two different levels of hikers. The tree cover lasts about 3.8 miles, mostly on switchbacks. And then you come to this like saddle, which is like a flat ridge where a lot of people take breaks, have a snack. And a lot of people actually turn back around this time because this is the time where you get exposed to the elements. So you're not covered by those trees anymore. 
So when you're going on this hike, even though you're covered by you know, trees most of the hike, that last, when you get to the saddle, that last 1.2 miles to the top is really when you're exposed to wind, to thunderstorms, if that happens. Thunderstorms? Definitely different than the relentless heat in Phoenix if you're looking for a change. Shanti says because of this, you can never be too prepared. I would recommend people, if they want to attempt the highest point in Arizona, first be prepared, second, bring an extra jacket, a windbreaker, and always bring lots of water. Doesn't mean just because you're getting out of, let's say, Phoenix heat, doesn't mean you're not gonna need your water, your snacks, a little bit of energy. You know, this hike is really difficult. You're, you know, losing breath. Um, you're hiking up in elevation. It's not the same as Phoenix. And if finishing to the top of that hike and braving the elements isn't your idea of a good time, Shanti reassures that there is nothing to be embarrassed about. When you get to that ridge after the 3.8 miles, it's a great place to turn around. There's no shame in that. There's a lot of people that go up to the ridge and come back down. The trails are equipped for dogs, so if your furry friend is also adventurous, feel free to leash them and bring them along. But also keep in mind, the same things are true for pups as they are for humans. Be prepared for a rigorous hike and bring plenty of water. And Shanti reminded me of this very important note as well. Check the weather and go early. The hike takes a few hours round trip. You don't want to be stuck climbing down one of the hardest hikes in the state in the dark. But if you can make it to the top, Shanti says it's incredibly rewarding. But if you do make it to the top, it's well worth it. There's a really cool sign that you can post next to saying how many feet you've just hiked, about over 12,000 feet. And if you're lucky on a really clear day, you might be able to see the Grand Canyon. All right, so maybe you're more like me, where you're looking to be outside and move your body without dedicating yourself to one of the hardest hikes in Arizona. Shanti suggested a few stops in Flagstaff she likes to hit when just enjoying nature is more your speed. You can try out the Aspen Loop. It's about 2.5 miles round trip, and this is a great place to see those summer wildflowers. No matter if you're wanting to summit Humphreys Peak or just unwind in the trees, there is one more thing to consider. I just wanted to note that Humphreys Peak and its neighboring peaks are sacred to 13 Native American tribes. So, you know, when you're hiking up these places, be respectful and be mindful of your surroundings. This is a really special place. Another place up north that Shanti suggests is just outside of Sedona. She recently went with another one of our reporters here at the Republic to check out the West Clear Creek Trail in Camp Verde. For this trail, you need a four-wheel drive vehicle to get to it because the route to get there can be pretty rocky. You're not exactly in Sedona, but you're still getting a taste of those red rocks kind of like peering out through the foliage, which I think is really amazing. And then also with the red rocks, the foliage on the bottom is a lot of crisscrossing through ponds and water. Um, and so we hiked the whole 10 miles. It's about five miles in and five miles back, but you don't actually have to hike 
all the way in to get to water. You can hike about two miles in and get to a nice swimming spot and you'll see a lot of people adventuring with their dogs, of course on a leash, and then also camping and backpacking in and out of this trail area. Um, but I just think it's just amazing because even just a few hours outside of Phoenix, you can find a nice day adventure with water and also get a taste of those red rocks without actually going all the way to Sedona. We are going to take a quick break. Hello, producer Kaylee Monahan here. We're just taking a short break to let you know about our free mobile app. Whether it's stories like this one, politics, or breaking news, Keep up to date with the AZ Central app, available in the App Store and Google Play. Being able to find that natural flowing water in Camp Verde sounds like such a sweet relief from our blazing summer days. And if you're looking for hikes that lead to swimming pools outside of your backyard, Shanti also recommends going down to Tucson. I would definitely recommend Bear Canyon to Seven Falls. It's an eight-mile hike, and what I remember about this hike specifically was that throughout most of our hike, I could hear water, and there was water, like, usually next to me. It's mostly crisscrossing through water crossings. One thing to note about this hike is that the first two miles of it, it leaves from the recreation center, is a two-mile road um, that you need to walk on in order to get to the beginning of the trail. So on hot summer days, this can be pretty dangerous if you're not starting out early. Uh, there is a shuttle, but it actually only leaves like an hour every hour. Shanti lights up when she mentions that she did this hike with her dad and they started early in the day to avoid being caught on the hot pavement later on. The hike is eight miles round trip. It's a gradual incline and there's multiple crossings. But one thing to note about this trail is that, you know, there won't always be water um, and there could be overflow and the water might be really high. So you might actually not be able to actually cross through some of the crossings. But if on an ideal summer day, if there is water um, and the water levels aren't too high for you to cross, the prize at the end is uh, the Seven Falls. Make sure to check the weather before you go so you can know if you'll be able to cross. But what she describes sounds nothing short of magical to this desert girl. It almost looks fake because it's these seven falls like falling into one another. And when you get there, it's you're surrounded by rock and just saguaros and uh, just like flowing water into different pools. It's almost like a dream. Um, and so when you get to the falls, you can choose between whatever pool you want. Uh, so I was swimming on a pool on one of the first pools and I was looking up and there's people like swimming on uh, like above me on another pool that another waterfall is flowing into. So it's really a beautiful spot. Just remember that once you're done at the pools, you do still have to not only hike out, but walk on that two-mile paved road back to your car. It can get really uncomfortable in the heat, so leave in time to walk back before it gets too toasty. Sometimes though, you just can't get out of town, but still want to try and beat that heat. There's plenty of opportunities right here in the valley, 30 minutes, 
20 minutes outside of Phoenix that uh, you can take your family to, your kids, friends, and experience some water and some shade. One place that I recently visited was the Riparian Preserve at Water Ranch in Gilbert. This this place was just amazing. I feel I feel like when I visited, I feel like I wasn't really in Phoenix. It was built in 1999 to replenish groundwater and wastewater, which I think is just amazing because from then to now, it's now this like desert oasis where it's supporting so many different types of wildlife. A desert oasis in Gilbert? See, this is what I meant by Shanti having seen more of Arizona than me in just her few months here. The Riparian Reserve at Water Ranch has seven ponds surrounded by walkways and plenty of trees for shaded coverage. It's home to turtles, bunnies, and even 300 species of birds. I think it's a great place to take, uh, you know, people who want to learn a little bit about desert flora and, and also just wildlife. There's actually education panels like along a lot of the trails here that will tell you about, you know, the trees and the flowers and the wildflowers and, and what's sustaining this place and how it's sustaining itself. But even if going to this cool natural habitat sounds a little too warm when the temperatures are high, you can go at night for a different type of experience. One cool thing about this place is the observatory. There's actually an observatory here that's open to the public for free. Uh, it's open, I believe, from 9.30 uh, Fridays and Saturdays. So you can actually take a view of the constellations or whatever, whatever the observatory is showing that night, and it's free to the public, which I think is great. So not only are you learning about uh, what's, what's on the ground, uh, but you're also learning about what's in the stars. To spend time outside here in Arizona, you don't necessarily have to make a big trip out of it. Shanti reminded me that sometimes the places close to home can be just as nice. One of the cool things about um, uh, my job is that I've been able to really explore a lot of the different, you know, our national parks and, you know, monuments, but also our city parks. Phoenix has really a lot to offer. One that's really caught her eye during her time here is Desert Breeze Park in Chandler. One thing that was cool was that they have covered playgrounds. So pretty unique in that if your kids want to get out, you do have that covered option. They want to play outside. And then they have a really cool splash pad. And another one part of this park that is really unique is there's a train that goes around the park. So if you don't want to walk around the park, you can hop on the train with your friend, with your kid, or with whoever, and take a little tour of the park. It's like a little like freight train almost, which is I thought is really cool. I did want to ask Shanti something before we closed out. From a lifelong resident of Arizona to someone who is new in town, I wanted to know what her experience has been like discovering our natural wonders. While I feel like it's really easy to jump to how hot and miserable it can be here, the topography and breathtaking views are not something to be overlooked. So, what's it been like? As grand as the Grand Canyon, seriously. I mean, there is so much to do and I feel, I don't want to say I'm overwhelmed, but there's just so much to do and so much to learn. And the outdoors is a different experience, I think, for a lot of different people. But one of the things that I've learned in my coverage, uh, which I, you know, has been a great learning experience for me and also eye-opening, is that a lot of the places that I get to visit is not necessarily accessible to 
um, many different people. But it's been a great experience. You know, I'm from the Philippines and uh, we do have a lot of outdoor recreation in the Philippines, but this is, uh, you know, the Philippines is a tropical country and this is a desert. So I'm learning, I'm learning every day on the job. One of the biggest things that I feel like often goes unnoticed is the people who take care of a lot of our state and, and, and national parks, there's a lot that goes into fixing trails. And, and that's not just government agencies, but also just community groups that do their best to make our state parks and national parks and city parks and just outdoor spaces in general available and you know accessible, like I said, and also just working and running for us to use. And so I think those that's one of the coolest things that I've learned is that there's a lot of things and people that go unnoticed to keep these uh, outdoor spaces ready for us to use. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Valley 101. Listeners, let us know on Twitter where you like to get away for the summer. You can find us at AZC Podcasts. To follow Shanti's work, you can follow her on Twitter at Shanti Lerner. That's S-H-A-N-T-I-L-E-R-N-E-R. You can also keep up with her by subscribing to azcentral.com. While you're enjoying the picturesque outdoors we have here this summer, whether it's in the valley or around the state, please remember to always drink water. Dehydration can sneak up on you, and it can be very serious. If you have any questions about Metro Phoenix or beyond, please submit them to our podcast by visiting valley101.azcentral.com. If you're a fan of the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm producer Amanda Luberto. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next week.